So I would like to thank the people out here to support this bill. Where y'all at? Okay. And I also would like to give thanks to all these petitioners, because we actually consulted the people in the neighborhood. We got there, you know, we wanted to know how they felt about what was going on in their communities. Unlike a lot of these agencies, we actually consulted the people in the communities, okay? And we got almost a thousand names uh, on these uh, petition forms. Some of them are still out. So, and what the petition says is, to, uh, to Mayor Pugh, the Baltimore City Council, Governor Hogan, the Maryland State Legislature, and the U.S. Congress, yes, I agree that we should, one, end the displacement of people from their neighborhoods and end the destruction of their communities just to give land and taxpayer subsidies to developers and investors. Two, introduce the 1% interest renovation slash rebuilding loan dollar house dollar lot program because the house will be built from the ground up for the individual citizen as a fairest way to ensure funds earmarked for the community are used to help the people who so actually right live now, there and this is where training, jobs, and home ownership. Number three, end the destruction of the remaining affordable housing stock in Baltimore, a city with a documented lack of affordable housing. I've seen people walking around the streets scared to death. But you know what? If they live in a decent house, that they will eventually have a deed to, they straighten up their back. They have a little bit of pride. If you see those brothers slinging on the corner, if they had a trade, they could know how to go and make a decent living and not have to run from the police. We have a murder rate of almost 300 young people in this city. Suppose somebody gave a tenth of them a job where they could take a paycheck to the bank and cash it for real dollars. And suppose me, a 68-year lady, doesn't have to worry, I got to get out of here before it gets too dark. Do you hear me? Do you understand what I'm saying? What I'm saying is real simple. Help the brother that's trying to help the rest of us. We got his back. And if you play your cards right, we'll have your back. We've got to be the, the, the lightning rod in this nation because every urban city in this country, through conspiracies, find themselves with thousands of abandoned houses. Don't tell me that's not by design. We've got to break out of that genocidal approach to people who want to live and have a right to, to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Let there be no doubt. Justice delayed is justice denied. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Call of Tyrone Show. <laughs> the truth with the proof. Yes. And we have, as usual, the truth with the proof. And uh, we're going to have another exciting journey into knowledge and to what's happening in our community. And um, I had a very interesting week, as a matter of fact. I, I attended uh, a meeting with the uh, Baltimore City Housing Commissioner, uh, me and our group, uh, Homes, uh, Home Ownership Opportunity Administrator for Economic Success. We also uh, attended an event down at, it was down at UMBC. It was a Maryland Legislative Session Summit. And um, that was yesterday. I found out at the last minute. I went down there, met some very remarkable people. 
very intelligent um, young uh, black ladies were there. Uh, one's from the ACLU, and the other was from um, Alpha Justice. I believe that's the name of the organization. And uh, as a matter of fact, I was so impressed, I, I might bring them on the show. And they really get it. And it makes me feel good about uh, our future in regards to law enforcement and things that actually work. Because, I mean, the stuff I was hearing from them, they fully understood the implications of the war on drugs. They understood how it, it, it was mainly, it operates not so much as um, dealing with issues involving health concerns with drugs or, or with uh, even the legal, illegality of drugs per se. What it is, actually, what it was been functioning as is a form of social control. And uh, it is the author of uh, mass incarceration in our communities, you know. And they cited, they had the facts straight, too. They cited that 71%, and one of the ladies gave a presentation, it was excellent. She had to be in her late 20s. I mean, she has a master's degree, but I met, trust me, I met a lot of people with master's degrees that don't know SWAT. Maybe they know their, their uh, subject matter area, but but um, they <laughs> beyond that, they have no depth, any um, analysis uh, skills or anything that matter. And uh, a lot of stuff that they're talking that is unresearched. They're just talking about opinion and emotion. And uh, those uh, young ladies, they were very uh, so, uh, very objective about what they were saying. And, and what they were saying is very uh, fact-based. Um, one of the ladies cited, for instance, that 71% of the prison population in Maryland uh, is for nonviolent drug offenses. Now, we want people off the streets to commit murder and all that stuff. And as I said, with things like measures like the uh, Omnibus Crime Bill, where, which uh, started us off on the road to mass incarceration, where before that we had 800,000 people in prison, and after that we had 2.4 million, more than China, India, and those places, Russia, places like that, uh, mainly black and brown people. Yeah, we wanted the nonviolent people off the streets, but they didn't address that. They weren't taking nonviolent people off the streets, people. What they were doing was taking uh, mainly nonviolent drug offenders, mainly for possession charges, you know. There's still 800,000 people in, in jails now for uh, simple possession of marijuana. Possession of marijuana. And um, you have people that understand this. And, and by the way, people have jumped all over Maryland Mosby for um, seeking to not prosecute marijuana charges. But guess what? The 95% of the people that are charged with marijuana possession are black people. And the stats show that that um, whites smoke marijuana just as much as black people, and in some cases more than we do. So <laughs> the um, the policy of arresting people is racial in nature. It has nothing to do with ju- the administration of justice. If it did, I would say well, well and good, but it doesn't. And that's the hardest thing to get through. So a lot of the older uh, black people's heads is that the thing that we're doing is, is not is not work is not working. That's why. Alpha term limits. These people, the, our leaders um, that we have in office, they really let us down. They don't get it. They don't. Um, this knowledge is out there. This, 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 you know, these things like these job pro, uh, uh, jobs training programs that have been shown to reduce crime in different communities that we don't use here. All we want to do is add more police, which doesn't work. All we want to do is add more police. We think that's going to solve the problem. The police cannot solve socioeconomic problems, people, because when, for instance, the police will tell you this. When they take down a drug gang, violence usually escalates. That's counterintuitive, but it escalates because you got new gangs moving in to that territory and they're fighting for dominance. <laughs> you know, or somebody snitched on somebody and they figure, you know, it's, it's a retribution for, for snitching in the first place. 
So there's a lot of dynamic to go into that. And then if you lock up one drug boy in an impoverished neighborhood, you got 10 of them waiting to take his place to get that job selling the dope so they can make the money. That's why these policies don't work, because you're not dealing with the root. And if you don't deal with the root cause of the violence and of um, 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 the uh, uh, of the violence and of the uh, poverty in our neighbors, which is mainly joblessness, because a lot of this, the war on drugs coincided when Nixon started According to Ehrlichman, to hurt the black community in the first place, if you look it up, why did Nixon start the war on drugs? Google that. It coincided with the deindustrialization of America. So you had a lot of people losing jobs. And I can name off the top of my head because I worked in a lot of those plants as a steam fitter. Um, I worked in uh, uh, Sparrows Point, which at one time uh, employed 35,000 people in high-paying jobs. That was a city. And high-paying jobs in the steel plant. Um, and then a lot of that, it happened all over America. We shut down several companies like uh, FMC, Food and Machinery. Um, that hired a lot, a lot of high-paying people, people making $40, $50 an hour, some of them. Incredible amounts of salary. A lot of black people working in those plants. And then when they closed down, GM plant on Brewing Highway. I worked there before putting in um, piping systems. They uh, closed down, you know. So what we get in their place is these Amazons, these places where they, these sweatshops where they they're not paying you a living wage. They want don't want to um, give you an, um, health insurance. They think that their family is entitled to health insurance, but you're not. You know, for some strange reason, we accept that. I don't know why we accept it. We got companies like Walmart where people are making fourteen billion dollars a year or, or more, and um, they think that you're not entitled to, <laughs> to health care. And guess what? When they put their people off a of off a health care off their health care programs. We foot the bill. That means the taxpayers are subsidizing their exploitation of their people for lower wages. So we got to be cognizant of, of, of this type of stuff. And um, if we don't, we'll never be able to solve the problem. And um, as, as I've always said before, um, if you don't, the first step in the, <coughs> prop, uh, the problem solving, the first step in problem solving, right? is to identify the problem. If you do not make that first step, if you do not identify the problem, you will never solve the problem. So yeah, you know, I, I've said that, um, for instance, um, lead. Yeah, lead is a problem. Lead is a problem, don't get me wrong. Lead is a problem, um, and uh, yeah, you should be sued for having lead in, 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 in housing and, and in water, because it does interfere with uh, people's mental acuity. That's true. But you can't totally blame lead for what's going on, the social economic problems in our conditions, I mean, in our, in our neighborhoods. You can't totally um, blame lead on that, okay? So there's other things that's, that's going on, mainly poverty, and mainly um, uh, when you have a situation where in Santan Winchester, according to the, um, the Urban Institute, you have a 51% unemployment rate for black males, age 16 to 64, they, they're going to have crime. <laughs> you know, just like in... Uh, um, uh, and you can't compare them to uh, a uh, Roland Park where the median, median income is $90,000 a year. You can't compare the two. They're not going to have a crime problem there because their children aren't going to be standing on corn selling dope because they're on their way to Harvard or Preston. Okay? <laughs> so, and they got their cars that their parents bought them and, you know, they're driving around too much enjoying, enjoying life of being a teenager, you know, uh, a spoiled uh, kid. And um, when people drive into town and they see these kids Ouija they don't get it. That's the only time they ever see black people, a lot of them. And they don't. They just don't want to. They they don't want that in their face. They don't want our children 
in their face, reminding them that they're taking all the wealth out of the city and, and aren't contributing nothing to the, you know, or, or doing anything to mitigate the misery and the poverty in the city. They don't want that guilt. So they just want some dumb excuse kids. They don't care if the police have to do something about it or not. They're not their kids. They're our kids. And we and, and we co-sign this stuff because for, for, uh, for the most part, um, we don't get a lot of that. So um, what I'm going to do, um, I have some stuff I want to share with you. So I can bring it up. Um, number one, um, I did want to I have some commentary that the black elites have really um, failed us. Okay. After the civil rights movement, they got what they wanted out of the, out of the deal. They really failed us. They don't want to um, understand these problems. And um, uh, when they were, uh, the young ladies, for instance, when they were explaining, you know, about crime and all that, they were, they were demonstrating how you can criminalize people by, for instance, if you can't, should they call it criminalizing poverty. A lot of people don't understand how that works. For instance, if you can't pay your um, court costs or whatever, now you violate, you might be in violation of your probation or, or whatever fees that they tacked onto you when you were um, getting sentenced. You can't afford to pay it. Now you're in violation, okay? Or if, as a condition of probation, you got to find a job. You can't find a job because you got a pr- criminal record. Because of Maryland case search, you can look up anybody's <laughs> uh, criminal history. Well, There's one of a few states you can do that. It's online, okay? So if they're not supposed to do it, but they do it anyway. So you can't get a job now because you got a criminal record. Guess what? You can't pay those fees that you owe your child support or whatever. Then guess what? You're going to jail. You mean that's called criminalizing poverty. So there's a lot of things. Even losing your driver's license. You can lose your driver's license, which you need to go to work. <laughs> you know, some people depend on their car to go to work. So now you lost your driver's license because you didn't pay your child support. You couldn't, pay, you couldn't afford to pay your child support. Now you're driving the car without, um, uh, without a license. So now when you get stopped, you're going to get arrested for driving a car to go to work to pay the child support. And you're going to jail for that, for driving without a license now. So you're losing your license for non-driving uh, related causes now. And people don't understand that there's property out here. Everybody don't. Everybody's not making uh, eighty thousand, seventy thousand dollars a year like the bureaucrats are. You know, some people actually live on a budget and income. So when you smack them with these fees, guess what? They got to figure out a way to pay it. And some of them may even resort to selling drugs. It's just I'll stay out of jail. Okay, so let's go, a Titan, uh, a Titus. Let's go to uh, ninety-seven. The black elites have no fight. Because they don't, and and a lot of them just don't get it. That's why uh, it's important that we have term limits. Get these some of these older people out of there. They don't get it. They need to they need to go retire and don't come back. Please stay out of office. You didn't do that while you were there. Look at so the what happens. Well, your warriors end up incarcerated right. or killed. You get your professionals who surface at the top. They tend to be nerdy, smart, self-promoting, not taking any risks, very little courage. Highly conformist. Who's that sound and Usually, like? when it comes to battle, complacent. Let's start the corner. On the West. other hand, you say, "Oh, we've got memories of the social movements." And of course, when we talk about the civil rights movement, there is no civil rights victories without the rebellions of Watts. That's right. Without the, the, the Newark, Detroit, we can go on and That's on right. and on. Plainfield had the rebellion right after Newark and so forth. But of course, oftentimes, these precious poor people, they were not the beneficiaries of it. Their bodies, their sacrifice, did generate the conditions under which this new black middle class could move into place. But what did it do? For the most part, that black middle class, driven by ruthless ambition, 
became well adjusted to injustice and well adapted to indifference. And so they may point to Martin Luther King Jr. every January, hmm. but Martin Luther King Jr. of 1965 and 1966 and 1968 have no place in how they go about living their lives, engaging in their politics. And of course, black folk, for the most part, became just extensions of a milquetoast neoliberal Democratic Party. And we have to be willing to tell the truth, no matter how unpopular it is. So King becomes frozen in that 1963, I have a dream That's speech. Right. Okay, so uh, what, what Dr. Cornell West is alluding to is the fact that a lot of people that benefited from the civil rights movement um, didn't really put in the, um, put their skin in the game when it came down to it. You know, the the the, the middle class black elites, a lot of them were the ones getting bit by the dogs. Okay, um, you know, speaking of police brutality that people keep wanting us to have, a lot of them getting did get hosed down and all this kind of stuff that they were doing to children. You know, uh, fresh out of church, <laughs> protesting for their their human and civil rights. Okay, but they are the beneficiaries of that movement. And by the way, as Dr. Cornell West cited, we we we, all, we talk about Dr. King and and um, and I, you know, I have a dream speech and all this stuff. But we don't recognize, and we talk about the nonviolent civil rights movement, but we don't recognize that the alternative was the riots. They had hundreds of riots during the '60s. It was like a mini rebellion in this country because people were sick and tired of it. <laughs> you know, people took to the streets, and they, like I said, if you think that Freddie Gray riot was something. That was a joke. You know, you would have uh, scores of people get killed in riots back in the 60s, okay, including in this city. You know, um, we had a big riot after Dr. King was killed. And uh, by the way, the um, according to uh, Coretta Scott King, the reason he was killed was because he started getting in, in, uh, involved in, uh, ec- you know, economic uh, issues. Um, so, as, as for instance, and by the way, you can call if you want to— um, and we're going to open the lines up a little bit. Uh, the number is 410 410-481-1010, 410-481-1010, if you want to get involved in the conversation. But, uh, Titus, let's go with uh, Martin Luther King. And this, these are things that Dr. King's uh, writings that we don't hear about um, when he started talking about economic justice. I mean, because that was the next leg of his fight for um, equality in this country. Economic inclusion. So let's go to um, 95, on uh, Dr. King on blackouts. Blackouts. We don't have to curse and go around acting bad with our words. We don't need any bricks and bottles. We don't need any Molotov cocktails. We just need to go around to these stores and to these massive industries in our country and say, God sent us by here to say to you that you're not treating his children right. And we come by here to ask you to make the first item on your agenda fair treatment where God's children are concerned. Now, if you are not prepared to do that, we do have an agenda that we must follow. And our agenda calls for withdrawing economic support from you. So as a result of this, we're asking you tonight to go out and tell your neighbors not to buy Coca-Cola in Memphis. We are choosing these companies because they haven't been fair in their hiring policies. And we are choosing them because 
they can begin the process of saying they are going to support the needs and the rights of these men who are on track. And then they can move on town, downtown, and tell Mayor Loeb to do what is right. Now, not only that, we've got to strengthen black institutions. I call upon you to take your money out of the banks downtown and deposit your money in Tri-State Bank. We want a bank-in movement in Memphis. Go buy the savings and loan association. I'm not asking you something that we don't do ourselves in SCLC. Judge Hooks and others will tell you that we have an account here in the savings and loan association from the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. We are telling you to follow what we are doing. Put your money there. You have six or seven black insurance companies here in the city of Memphis. Take out your insurance there. We want to have an insurance in. Now these are some practical things that we can do. We began the process of building a great economic base. And at the same time, we are putting pressure where it really hurts. I ask you to follow through here. Okay, so as we can see, um, Dr. King had a um, very uh, serious uh, economic agenda following the civil rights movement because, and I think he was killed the next day after, you know, that was during the daytime. He had the mountain speech at night and then they killed him. And uh, his, according to Coretta Scott King, they, that's why they killed him because he started focusing on economic inclusion, not just merely uh, getting rights. Because one of the things Dr. King said towards the end of his life is, what good, what good is it to be able to buy a sit at the lunch counter and get a, a sandwich when you can't afford the money for the sandwich? So, um, and then the other thing he wanted the government to do, because it's sort of danger in having massive amounts back then of unemployed young black men. He saw that danger back then. He was ahead of his time. He wanted the government the, the, to, to uh, give out civil service jobs for people that couldn't find work. And if you ever um, bothered to read about the March on Washington, read about it, it was called the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. That was the whole name of, of the march. Seems like nobody knows that for some strange reason, but that, that was the full name. Um, let's bring uh, Martin up. And the number is 410 410 Martin, one more time. Okay. All right. So Martin's gone. Apparently. Okay. Martin, can you hear me? Martin, can you hear me? I can't. I can hear you, sir. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I couldn't hear you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having a problem with the people that don't want to follow the uh, design of what Martin Luther King did to uh, uh, help black people. Uh, uh, you know, we, we have uh, people that could boycott because when Jesse was boycotting, he was getting things done. But now we got Dr. Now we have Reverend Al Sharpton and he's in cahoots with the black with the white community. They well, gave him two, they gave him TV show, radio show. And, uh, he, he only thing he fights for is, uh, LGBT and things of that nature. You know, yeah. I, I just don't understand. Just to chime in what you're saying, um, in that speech, Dr. King pointed out that the black community, even though we were poor, we have more buying power than most of the countries in, in the industrialized world yeah, I as a community. That. That's why that's and, why boycotts work. Right, why right. Boycotts work. And he was talking about boycotting Wonder Bread and, and some other companies too, not just yeah, Coca Cola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boycotts work, and yeah. burning down your town, your your neighborhood didn't work. You know, it was ridiculous. What? And What's that? I don't that? know why we keep enabling these people that don't want. 
Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mark. We keep, I don't know why we keep enabling these people that don't want to work. You know, we keep screaming about unemployment in the black community. Right right now on this on this radio station, they have a, uh, 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 um, Amazon is advertising for jobs and saying they're not going to do any background checks. How many people have heard that message and went out and tried to get a job on Amazon? Now, they're standing around downtown. I see them every day not doing anything. Well, I, 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 can, I can put it to you this way. We, what we need to do is we need to incentivize people to work. We're not, the approaches that we're doing are not creative. Let me finish, I, I, let me finish. Let me finish. The, the approaches that we're doing are not creative. Um, there's a well, judge. Let me finish my statement. Let me finish my statement. I'm going to let you talk. I'm going to tell you if you let me talk, sir. Okay, okay let me tell you. This is a fact. This is not me, my emotions, talking about black people don't want to work and all this nonsense. This is a fact. Okay, there's a judge named um, Judge Pastor Klein, all right? The way she's approached this is she's recruited a lot of private companies on her own, not just Amazon, but a lot of private companies on her own that have programs for jobs trained, not just to be a slave mopping the floor and not making a whole lot of money, but these are high-paying jobs once you get trained. And what she does is she is sent, she's been sentencing nonviolent um, drug offenders. I mean, not, nonviolent, not, not drug offenders, but nonviolent offenders, period. To the program, still send them to jail. And well, was, let me finish. The, let me finish the statement. Let me finish the statement. Can I finish, please? You tell black people don't want to work. Okay, people have been going to that program. The recidivism rate, the recidivism rate in Maryland is sixty-eight percent. In her program, it's six percent. That's one tenth. That's one of the best rates in the nation because what she's doing works. She's using her brain. She's linking the, the, the lack of economics to crime in our community. And people don't seem to understand. They don't seem to get the link. Okay. Well, well, can I ask you a question? Go ahead, sir. sir. How many people in our community is that affected? I mean, Billy Murphy did the same thing when he was judge. You know, he was sending some people to go to school. He was sending well, what I'm saying is we need more of yeah. it. What I'm saying is that, uh, that type of stuff works. Go ahead. So, I'm listening. I ain't cutting yeah. you off. Yeah. But oh, you're, okay, you're just coming up with conjecture. Uh, I'm telling you facts. I, I can only deal with facts. I can't argue with you about your feelings. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you fact, too, that okay. did the same thing. Okay, well, he did, but he didn't do enough of it. And neither did she. Neither did the judge. They don't do it. It's not enough of it, sir. No, I'm not no, saying it's not done. The thing is that the work ethic should be established when people are being raised. Not I, I agree. I agree. But once they're raised, well, now we got to deal with it. That still doesn't discount. Let me finish what I'm saying. Martin, let me finish what I'm saying. I'll let you talk. Yeah, I agree. The work ethic should be done when you're raised. Okay, they're raised now. Now we have to deal with the fact that it wasn't. Go ahead. All right. So, 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 what do you do with a grown man that don't want to work? When his ass comes to court, you give him uh, uh, an option to go to jail, go to work, oh, and do an oh, apprenticeship. Gosh. And when he doesn't do it, you hey, lock yeah. him up. Yeah, That's I've what I'm trying to tell you. I, I've been I've been incarcerated myself. Okay. Let me tell you. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. I know you've been incarcerated. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Did they give you a choice between going to jail and going to work to an apprenticeship? When you were incarcerated, yes or no? No. no okay, because no, I can only no, deal no. with facts. Since they didn't do that, you went to jail. Go ahead. Facts, Go ahead. Give you one fact before I go. Go ahead, please. I've been, I've been in the courtroom and go down to the courtroom, right? And you see guys getting probation, and when they leave out the courtroom, they don't even report to the probation officer. They don't even care. They don't even care. I see people in prison that get ten days. Okay. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Lord, have mercy. Let me ask you a question. You say, okay, you say, you see, you see with your eyes, guys getting probation. Okay, apparently you followed them home and found out what they did. What I'm no, saying is that, okay, but let me say, let me say what, 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 what I, let me ask you the question. Instead of just giving probation, were they given 
an opportunity to have an apprenticeship to a high paying job. Hey man, if you yes or no, if you, if yes you or no, you can't report to your probation officer, sir, sir, sir. Now you you deal with conjecture. I can only deal with facts. I can't deal with how you feel emotionally about people. I, whether you I'm hate black people or not, dude. If you have no confidence in if you have no confidence in black people, you don't like them. I can't do nothing about that. I can only I deal with facts. I don't like black people. Why, why okay. would you say something like that? Because you're not listening to me. I'm telling you that this program, this woman you did work, to me. and you you're trying to to me. Hey man, I'll okay. talk to you later, man. All right. Have a good one, sir. Have a good one. Yeah, have a good one. Peace. Have a good one. Peace out. Okay. And I hope you're still listening. What I'm trying to tell you is you're dealing with your emotions. Okay. Everything I said to you was a fact. What I just, and you can't, the problem with people when they have their facts straight is they get emotional. And um, and if when you when you get emotional, you can't deal with problems. That's why, that's why Muhammad Ali would get his opponents mad. He would get them mad because then he could outsmart them. They couldn't think. They were so mad that they wanted to kill him. They couldn't think, so he would rope-a-dope them and do all kinds of tricks, shuffle them, you know, alley shuffle, dance on them, and tag their behinds, and have, before they know it, they're on the ground, you know? Because George Foreman was saying all he wanted to do, he was a much bigger man, he said all he wanted to do was kill Ali, you know, by the time he got in the ring. Couldn't think straight. And he said he was amazed at the power Muhammad Ali had. And he could, he could knock a guy um, backing up, knock him out, backing up, you know? But Ali used skill to defeat his opponents. So... And the fact that they were so um, um, disoriented by anger that they couldn't think straight. Okay, the other thing, what I'm saying is that this is a fact. This is not how I feel about the gentleman just called. It's not how I feel about black people. The woman had a program, all right? She didn't send these people to probation, you just leave. She sent them to work as opposed to going to jail. That is a fact. It's indisputable. They went. It's a very successful program. She has a 6%, a fact, a 6% uh, uh, recidivism rate. In Maryland as a whole, the recidivism rate is 68%. For every uh, three people to leave jail, uh, two of them are back in three years. So they're out. They're not. That don't mean they're crime-free until they get caught. They're committing crimes until they get caught. So that this type of policies where you're not considering the economic implications, it hurts our communities. All right? So... All I ask is, is that when we're dealing with policy, let's have, let's have our facts straight, all right? And those young ladies, that's what impressed me about them. They had their facts straight. I mean, they, when, they, when they came in there and they started talking about, you know, some of the criminalization of, uh, of um, you know, with, the, with drug possession as opposed to violent crimes, you know, and that, that the war on drugs uh, um, entail. Now, I had a thing about uh, Cory Booker, um, Jason. I don't know if you can see it on, on, uh, on the screen. Uh, so Cory Booker, um, just give me a signal if you, if you can find it. It says it should be down at the bottom, near the bottom. Okay. Um, but at any rate, there was an article, and see if you, you can find that, Jason. I'm gonna look at it on, on my screen. No, no, it's Cory Booker's up up a little higher. Um, this is his take on marijuana um, imprisonment. Um, but while he's looking for that, I was reading an article. It's a Sun paper. Okay. And it's dated uh, December 8th, 2019. And um, it's Sunday. It's Sunday's paper. It's about, it's about uh, Peanut King. And um, what gets me is that there's a lot of things. Then this is why you got to be careful where you get your news. And a lot of people down at, the, at that summit, they went to all the ter- um, um, sources to get that news. And then one lady told me, you know, Fox News, she is a white woman. She, she told me that uh, she got her... 
she she told her friends that Fox News was Nazi news, and uh, she said you can't really say stuff like that around the the people where she lives because they you know they'll disown you <laughs> because they love Fox News you know and um and I was explaining to her for that for the most part most blacks only listen to CNN or MSNBC and that's not good because you get the you get a different take you think everybody hates Donald Trump when Donald Trump has a forty two percent approval rating. And a lot of people think that, you know, Donald Trump can't possibly be president again because too many people are mad at him. That's not true. That's not true because Donald Trump does not have to win the popular vote. All he has to do is, just like the last time, come with a stone's uh, throw and win the uh, Electoral College. Because white folks are the majority population still, and um, they, are more, they are the one race that's more evenly spread than any other race uh, in our nation. So, this, so um, you know... And we are minority. That's why they call us minorities, you know. And by the way, just because Barack Obama became president, that doesn't mean racism is over. Um, the, Barack, Barack Obama is the first and the only president to win the, the White House without a majority of the white vote. You know, well, who voted for him was, oh, you know, white females. The majority of black, uh, white males voted against him. That they had a power structure. Uh, some white females, not all. Um, uh, you know, a small segment of them. But the majority of white people voted against him uh, when he ran last time. You had Hawaiians, you had, you had Mexicans, Hispanics, you know, all kinds of different people, black people. And you know all the black people voted for him, most of them anyway. You, so, um, you know, in the 90 percentile. So it wasn't because racism was over. It was because he had a very good uh, segment of America voting for him. And they, that just pushed the tide. Now, Donald Trump can't win the presidency, so people need to go out and vote because it's not so much <coughs> that Hillary Clinton would have been much better president. She was a crook too, so you got your wish if you're praying for a crook. I mean, you, you, I mean, you, you just got the wrong crook. <laughs> you know, you know, you got a crook. You know, you just got the wrong one. Now Hillary Clinton would say stuff like she wasn't pure. She she would say stuff like, um, you know. Uh, to the to the bankers that I can't say the same stuff that I say to y'all that I say to the general public, and she say I'm more identified with the bankers than I do with the general public. She say stuff like that behind closed doors. She would go on black radio stations and say that she carries a bottle of hot sauce in her purse, you know, a Tabasco, Tabasco sauce, trying to get the black. And somebody, one of the black um, guys, pulled her up on that and said, and said, you know that people will say you're paying to the black community, and she would she had the audacity to say, is it working? She called black kids um, in the 90s that, um, super predators, okay? And now with the opioid crisis, she's all for, you know, um, compassionate care for these people. So, I mean, she's not she's not pure, but her, her um, judges for the Supreme Court, that's in the federal judge selections, I think would have been a lot better for us. That's the only reason I, I would have voted for Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. But she isn't much better, trust me. She's a multimillionaire, and she cared less about us. She would show up in our churches and sing hymns with us and we like that kind of stuff we like her husband playing a saxophone for us you know the guy the engineer of the um um of the mass incarceration we're enjoying now okay so and the thing about peanut king and and i i see you i see you uh caller just give me a minute here i'm just go over this real quick and um the thing about peanut king is and by the way the number is 410-481-1010 that i'm seeing in this article is they seem to blame um um, the blight in Baltimore on, P- on Peanut King. I'm like, I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, really? The, look, the predatory lending crisis, which was they were preying on people and giving black people exclusively these high-priced loans, for lo- even though they qualify for lower-priced loans. I was just talking to a young lady the other day, and she said 
her 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 mortgage loan was thirteen percent. <laughs> I want a white person to call me and say they had a thirteen percent interest loan back. You know when the when the predatory lend, uh, lending crisis was going on because I know I know not not I'm at it. You know, and I, I and I was selling real estate at the time. They were trying to, um, they were preying on black people, unsuspecting black people, try to give them these high price loans, even though they qualify for lower loans, because there's no nothing in, in the uh, in the uh, um, law that said you had to tell them they qualify for lower loan. So they would take advantage of that, and they could make more money, the more expensive loan, the more money the mortgage brokers made. So that's why they did it. They were incentivized, um, and it, uh, a, a lot of that. Um, Country to blight, not just in Baltimore, but in Cleveland and Chicago, where um, and other places where uh, Peanut Clean didn't live. So I don't know. I try to blame all that on on uh, Peanut Clean King. And the other thing they try, it seems like they're trying to pretend as if the um, you know the that black people control the drug trade. That's idiotic. If anybody believes that, um, and they mentioned some of them, they said, um, okay, it says here. I'm gonna read a paragraph. They are the power fractured among crews, not a few ruling men, but this was the first era of the street boss. Federal prosecutors looked up, locked up a succession of big names in the underworld. John Liddy Jones, Bernard Big Hick, Brother Lee, and West Side Giant Lil Melvin Williams. And to, uh, and to these streets returned the embittered 20-year ex-con king. Okay, twenty. Yeah, he's ex con. Yeah, yeah. I remember talking to um, uh, Melvin King uh, before he died. He said that I sold uh, half a billion dollars worth of drugs. I did twenty years in the penitentiary. I sold about a half billion dollars worth of drugs. Some, some to that effect. And he said, "But I got all my drugs from a white man. I didn't snitch on anybody. I did my time. But I got all my drugs from a white man. So that right there, he's the biggest man in Baltimore as far as selling dope. I got all my drugs from a white man, and that's why he was the biggest man in Baltimore." Play of uh, heroin being sold in Baltimore ain't nothing being grown there. Okay, so don't get it twisted. So I'm reading this article, and there's a slant, you know, in the article. That's why you can't believe um, everything. When people have a monopoly on the news, you can't believe they have an agenda. So um, they're going to omit things like the fact that um, we, our community was preyed on with this predatory lending, and they created a lot of this blight. And by the time that blight started happening, black people owned their homes for years, for years and generations in those communities. Before that blight happened, Peanut King was already in jail. <laughs> he was already in jail, you know, around 2007, 2008. He was in jail already, still serving time. So he couldn't have possibly um, had anything to do with that. That's when it all started. You know, that's when everything became, uh, started to unravel. So when you start investigating stuff and you you see the fallacy and, and the BS and a lot of this stuff. The other thing is um, when I was um, talking to um, the commissioner, and his group, they seem to think that I'm interested in selling houses. No, I'm not interested in selling houses per se. And I try to explain that to them. I, what I'm interested in doing is saving these houses, um, what, what I call historic uh, black Baltimore, and using the device that will work. Uh, 1% interest loans, I know will work. And I told him, I said, look, I'll take $2,000 out of my, you pick any block in Baltimore and let us restore them. And I, I'll take $2,000 out of my pocket, personally. And bet that we can sell those houses within a, at one percent interest for renovation only. We can sell those houses uh, within a month, the whole block. That's how confident what I'm saying. Well, our, our um, what we're trying to do will work. And that that website is www.baltimore.com. 
homes.com www.baltimore the number four homes.com and what they want to do is give us a block in park heights that seems to be where they're trying to put everybody else's sh- everybody had to shut us up you know whatever i guess because um you know i'm not a developer i'm not interested in being a developer we have separate independent minority contractors we're trying to get into these houses for instance if we get a block and we want them to hire people from the community okay and this will work. And I and that gentleman that was saying that black people don't work, that's nonsense. I have people call me all the time. I'm a contractor. And they ask me if I got work for them. Okay? And I've had people come to my work truck and then ask me if I can give them a job. So all that emotional stuff, I got to deal with facts. My life, I deal with facts. That's why I've been so successful in life. Because I, I don't get all emotional about everything. I, I deal with a lot of facts. And I, and I see things for what they are. And I deal with them at that level. Okay, let's go to Gene. Hey, hey, Tyrone, how are you doing today? All right, Jay. Yeah, good, man. Um, uh, thank you for playing the SEL speech, 1967, the year we, uh, almost to the date uh, Martin Luther King was killed. Right. You are the first person who I've been recommending it this for years. You're the first person who's ever played any excerpts from it, and, and you know, nobody's played it in, in its entirety. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Well, nobody um, seems to understand that Dr. King had, had an economic agenda towards the end of his life. And that's probably, he wanted economic inclusion for black people, not just uh, civil rights. And everybody seems to think that the civil rights movement was just a peaceful thing where everybody was holding hands and kissing each other. Right. No, what what about Dr. King's successes were the alternatives like the Malcolm X's, right. you know, the H-Rap Browns. Right. People would rather deal with a Dr. King. Yeah. I think Johnson put it, I would, that's the type of N-word I'd rather deal with yeah. than this uh, Malcolm X type of guy, you know. Yeah. So people would rather deal with that type of guy. Yeah. And listen to him, because what you're going to get is the Malcolm X's, the H-Rap Browns, and, yeah. and, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, yeah. and the uh, Adam Clayton Powell. Adam Clayton Powell made the same move. Right. Uh, but I, Adam, I Adam Clayton Powell, by the way, had the first bus boycott in New York. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. You know? And, and, right. um, um, and uh, I'm not, okay, so and, this is why I call, because I want to stay on point with your, you know, your, your program, your, your Dollar House program or your Homes program. Right. Elizabeth Warren right now is the only one who's talking about uh, low-income housing, for people, housing for the poor. But they don't talk about it. We're not talking about rentals. Either. We're talking, let's get it straight. We're talking about generational yeah. wealth creators, like yeah. a home ownership. And we're not and talking about trying to have some big development project where we try to build the black community for that misery. We're talking See, about we're talking about putting contracts to work in these communities, restoring these houses for a reasonable price. Right. You know, three hundred dollars on my mortgage, most people can afford that. It will yeah. work. And the, the other thing too is like you know you talk about the, you know you talk about the mortgage, and, but it's about and by the way, www.baltimore4homes.com is our website. www.baltimore4homes.com. Go ahead, Gene. Yeah, and then the the other thing too is you know we talk about the you know uh, black people getting mortgages back you know sort of back in the day or whatever in the. In the uh, uh, you know, before 2007. But right. they, remember when they when they were bundling those mortgages up and they were selling them to, you know, big mortgage houses or whatever. But they, they were variable rate mortgages. In other words, you get a mortgage, it wasn't a fixed rate. After a certain period of time, uh, it, it, you know, it was tied into the, to the um, I'm sorry, to Wall Street. Some of them were, some, what, what, ha- what would happen? Explain, this is what, explain it, Tyrone. Yeah, please. this is what would happen. They, would, they had these, these things called balloon loans where you could be paying $300 a month, you know, to get a bathroom put in or whatever, addition to your house, use your house for a piggy bank, and then it would blow up to $3,000 a month. So you didn't know you were going to lose your house, right. but you, 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 you found out later that you were. Mm-hmm. You couldn't afford, you found out you couldn't afford a $3,000 a month refinance. And Man, you know what I'm saying? Not only that, they had these interest-only loans where you only paid the interest. And your 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 um 
your mortgage just balloon up to like four thousand dollars a month. And they did and this they to were, the black community. That's what people yeah. understand. They, they, they this is real. You look this stuff up. Some of them, some were time sensitive. So after a period of time, yeah. you know, then they would they would go up to like uh, like you said, fifteen, twenty percent. Right. So we I'm need not, a reparation, you know, sort of, yeah. you know, for this stuff. And nobody went to jail for this stuff. Yes. These CEOs confessed to doing this. Uh-huh. Nobody went to jail. I'm gonna play a few yeah. clips on subsequent shows that they demonstrate what I'm saying because, yeah. like I say, we have the truth with the proof. We don't just yeah. sit up here talking about stuff because we mad about we don't like the way black people wear their pants hanging on their butt or we mad at a Swedish kid and all stuff. We have no facts to back up what we're saying. And we then, have facts okay. to back this stuff up. Yeah, and then one of the criticisms that that Obama gets is that he bailed out the banks. See, and, and he didn't, you know, and he didn't forgive the loans that you know a lot of black people had that were right. Boomed. You got punished if you uh, if you um, didn't pay your mortgage. You got put out of your house. Mm-hmm. And then they start. And then after all of this, remember you got punished. Then, you lost your house. The banks yeah, got it. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Then, but but then they start checking your credit. <laughs> you know now. Right now now black people as a result have, have lost um, um, their ability to uh, to to buy houses. Yeah. They're being punished uh, again for being preyed upon in the first place with these outrageous mortgages they were getting. These expensive mortgages. Yeah, Tyrone, keep sticking to the facts, man, and make people stay to the facts. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. people go on all kinds of tangents, but based on stuff they heard and yeah. stuff they saw. The guy said he saw a guy in the court get probation. They went back. How do you know that? Did you follow him home? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And- yeah, another thing too. I think today what you're going to have is a quiet audience because I think you stunned them with Martin Luther King saying what he said. You know, they're they're in shock right now because they never heard the truth before coming yeah. out of Martin Luther King's mouth like that. Yeah. Th- thank you, Tyrone. Have a good day, man. All right, sir. Thank you for calling that. Okay, so let's go to let's go to Mark. Hey, what's up, though? Hey, how's it going hey. there? All right. Yeah, you know, we 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 the. We get charged, like you say, Peanut King getting charged for destroying that, that that boundary of where he was running his operation. But right. we all know jo- it tripled down from Wall Street. Right. Not only he that, got- not only that, and that area they cited. John Thomas took a lot of those houses. They were they were the main property owners in that in the neighborhood, and they would deliberately board up houses that were good houses. They would board them up to encourage people to move, and then they would right. use eminent domain to get the rest of people out. Right. Because you know right. they did a study that showed that people didn't want to live on the block. With um, boarded up houses, so they would take right. one of their houses and board it up. Nothing would be wrong with the house; they just wouldn't rent it out no right. more. And Tyrone, you <laughs> remember the situation with the guy um, Rodney Dangerfield and the the realtor over on Copeland Street? And what he was doing, he was he he turned all the houses over to Dangerfield to let him run in the vest. Because the guy was right. riding around with the Rolls Royce on North Avenue. Right, right, right. So what basically the whole scam was. See, at the time, see. See, white folks, we got to understand the Jews. That's why they teach their kids to be in politics, just doctors and lawyers, because they want them to be in the halls of operation. When right, exactly. The so that's, and, the, yeah. And they knew they knew the, the housing codes was changing from the lead, from 1970, right. low 78, the lead paint and the paint chemical. Then they were suing up. Le- the big paint company. Right. So what they did, they were flipping their houses to the blacks because they knew the housing code law was going to get them. Right. And a lot of Jews didn't have well, their insurance. Beyond that. Beyond right. that. Go ahead and conclude because I got I got one more caller and then I, I might have to close the uh, show. But go ahead and conclude. Give me your conclusion. And, uh, so the conclusion is that Wall Street is controlling the whole operation. People got to realize it. When, when they finish draining the well with their wealth, then they shift it somewhere else. Like right now, you look at 
all the black communities is not but pharmacies coming. So they pushing drugs right there. How about that? <laughs> Legal opioid <laughs> pushing. And the methadone clinics, they, they need to go. They need to they go. That's, that, that, is, that, is, know, um, that, is, uh, that makes the state the drug dealer. When you hear these methadone clinics, they need to get right. people off the stuff completely. I mean, that, yep. that, that's criminal. And people you go in any doctor's office, he ain't going to give you a clean bill of health. He's going to send you to the pharmacy. And the farm, that's why all these Well, you can get you can get um, legalized, decriminalized. A white guy was telling me that. It's easy for them to just go get um, 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 medical marijuana. It might be a little right. more difficult. We can get, get it, but it might be more difficult for us. But he says it's easy. Just go in there and get your shit from medical marijuana. Not to mind I don't smoke marijuana. Right. Yeah, you know, I, right. I didn't smoke that's it then. Got- I didn't smoke it. I don't smoke it now. It's been decriminalized. I have no that's, all you gotta, that's all you got to do is read the guidelines mm-hmm. and then you go and apply into it. All right. All right, Mark. Um, uh, Mark, call back next week, buddy. I, I really appreciate talking right. to you. Good conversation. Okay, let's bring Diane up. And then we're going to have to. Hey, good morning, Tyron. How you yeah, doing? then I'm going to close. Go ahead, uh, Diane. Good show that you had this morning. And I like what you had to correct that young man that called and, you know. Making all these assumptions about black people. I hate that. Right. Some and no research. None. I don't know that what they put out in the air, it, you know, really come to fruition. When you talk about another black guy, it could happen to you. You yep. know. You know uh, and, and, and the thing about it, he don't know if those guys had coffee to go to probation, parole. Thank you. He and that's some of the things they discussed, those young black ladies discussed. Huh. Um, that's some of the things those young black ladies discussed at the Berlin delegation uh, um, caucus we had yet last night. They they, they broke it down that right. some of these guys don't have tra- transportation. Mm-hmm. If you don't have transportation to get to that probation meeting, guess right. what? You're in violation now. And see, when I when so you're, I lived, you're you're um, criminalizing poverty. When I lived in Southwest Baltimore, they had they brought it in the community because the community demanded because they were middle class. You know, residents. So they demanded they have probation and, and parole in their community. Right. But if you are, you don't have that type of community like that. If you live in an underserved community, right, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get those. Right. Things. So he had to understand. We all have to understand. We are in this together. Nobody's gonna save us. He can talk about the black guys, but guess what? They're not even worrying about him. He's right. doing everything that he's doing right. They still not worrying about him. Yep. You know, so we have to learn to stick together. Yeah, and then I remember when people just come on this radio station mm-hmm. and say that you need to, the reason why police shoot us is because they got we wear our pants hanging down. And somebody pointed out, Ernest pointed out, Ernest pointed out very astutely that mm-hmm. Dr. King, Mega Evers, and Malcolm X were killed with suits on. Yeah. Okay? Yes, so it's they, not, were. <laughs> they were. And, and it's crazy. <laughs> don't think you special. We, we believe everything that don't. they tell us, but we don't believe nothing that we, you know, that we know. And you had facts. You and they still don't want to believe it. I, I can put facts in their face. Right. And they still, that's called, bro, that's called brainwashing. When somebody give you facts and you don't want to accept the facts, You've been successfully brainwashed, especially, and an indication of brainwashing is that you get mad at the person that's trying to deprogram you. Right. You don't get mad at your brainwashers. And it's crazy because now, you know, Tyrone, when you was talking, and the reason I did call, because now I'm hearing a lot of people trying to do the same thing that you are doing. What's that? Training. I went to a meeting, and um, one of the meetings they talked about um, the guy with the eye in the sky. He talked about it. He talking about he wants to train young men to rehab these houses in Baltimore City. I said, wait a minute, he done stole Tyrone's stuff. Well, whatever is still, I, well, whoever steals, I don't care. It works. That's what I'm saying. It's been shown to work right. in different and, states. And, see, that's so, what I'm saying. That and I go with stuff to work. I can't go with failed policy. We hire more police. I mean, that's not that's, that's been that's shown right. not to work. It doesn't work. It doesn't because work. Because you, you're trying to use the police to deal with a social economic right. problem. And they right. can't and they do it. They're not equipped. That, that's why the crime rate is the way it is. It's right. And, and tearing down houses. How many houses? We done tore down a thousand houses? 
Does the crime rate go down? Did the murder rate go down? No, because you're not dealing with the real problem. Me and you on the same page because I right. think if everybody have a house and they buy in their house, their children will have a different mindset. That's yeah, you have more of a stake in the community. You're going to keep your neighborhood safer yeah. and you'll keep your neighborhood cleaner because yeah. you have a stake. Mm-hmm. You're not just paying $1,300 and $900 to live in somebody else's house no. that you're never going to own. Right. No, because yeah. it's going to be yours and you're going to say, oh, no, we're not going to have We're not having that here. We're not having this in this block. And I've right. been in a lot of blocks in my... I, I run a plumbing, heating, and cooling business. I've been in a lot of blocks throughout Baltimore. And the safest neighborhoods are those with, with majority home ownership. Yeah. The safest and cleanest. And, and you know what, Tyrone, I'm going to let you go. Because if you know, you have a lot of people that work for Hawkins, right? Young women, black women. They right. could be homeowners. But Absolutely. nobody is pushing that to them the way you're pushing it for them to be, become homeowners. Not only am I pushing it, I'm pushing that we can use these houses for economic engine and right. you can get all your money back. It's the only program where you get all the damn money back. So it's physically irresponsible to do blight removal the way we're doing it because you got to spend $23,500 to tear a house down in the first place. And I met and you will save that money with this program. Uh, Tyrone, I met this lady Saturday. She came from Carl County. Guess where she brought a house at? Where? Up in the village, Emerson Village. There you go. And you know what she said? I never had a community like this. And she was a white lady. She said, she say, y'all get the bad rap. She said, well, say, y'all do this. She said, but y'all protect me when I'm there, when that's I'm right. go and everything. We don't mind white people living in that neighborhood. They mind us moving into theirs. Okay, we don't move out when they move in. Right. They move out when we move in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's going to be welcome to that neighborhood. And by the way, William Down Schaefer used to live there. Right. And she said she lived around the corner from where he lived at. Right. So, so, but he he really was moving after blacks moved there. He just made it in the house there, his mother's house. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we got to we gotta, we gotta do better. Than we got to save our communities. We got to stop letting people just tear down black Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And these politicians, if you're listening, you got to stop co-signing that. You're betraying your people. All right, Ty. Talk to you next week. All right. Thank you, Diane. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate you. All right, people. And that concludes another exciting edition of the Call Tyrone Show. And as usual, we always have the truth with the proof. So feel free to call it next week because you know you learn something every time you listen to me because I have the facts. And in the media, they're hiding it from you because they have an agenda. And the agenda is social control. And I thank you for your time. Walk on by.